Welcome to the Hazy Podcast. My name is Carly Metcalf. And my name is Megan Jo Olson. And we are anti-diet dietitians. Carly, why did we choose Hazy as the name of our podcast? Well, Hayes is an acronym for health at every size, which put very simply is the celebration of body diversity and challenging cultural assumptions about weight. We call ourselves the Hazy Podcast because health at every size may and can be kind of hazy, H-A-Z-Y to some, and we want to make sure it's crystal clear. It's just a little play on words, but Joe, what else do we believe in? Well, we choose to honor our health by eating and moving our bodies intuitively rather than trying to conform to the bullshit expectations forced onto us from the toxic diet culture we live in. We have also learned that striving for perfection can keep us from progressing because mistakes are an essential part of learning and growing. And Carly, what do we want our listeners to gain by listening to our podcast? We hope our listeners know that they're not alone in the struggle with food and their bodies and that storytelling and connection can be a powerful tool for growth and help us to live more deeply within ourselves and with one another. So well put, Carly. And welcome, everyone. We are so grateful that you are here. Welcome back to another episode of the Hazy Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Carly Metcalf. And I am Megan Joe, your other host. And today we are just going to be having a discussion about our feminine energy related to intuitive eating and health at every size. The reason that we're doing this in this episode is because in our future episode, we will be talking to Julie Duffy Dillon, who is a dietitian. Um, and she works with PCOS and nutrition. And so we wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, what that might mean in terms of our hormones and feminine energy before we get into the nitty gritty with Julie Duffy Dillon. Yes, yes, yes. And before we get started, want to ask you an open-ended question. Thank you for doing that because I totally forgot again. Uh, So I'm choosing to ask you, it is, we're entering spring. We're almost to spring. So uh, in light of that, what are you excited about for this upcoming season? I'm excited for a fresh, clean start I love spring and I love fall. I love like the changing of seasons. It just feels so good. I feel like my energy shifts. My brain is a little bit more clear and I just feel good. So I'm excited to feel more of that and really embrace changes. I have some changes that are going on in my life right now. And I'm, I'm feeling really good. I just moved into a new place and yeah, just embracing all that spring has to offer. I love the weather. There's so many things I'm excited about, but change, just embracing that and loving it is what I'm most excited for, I guess. What about you? I, I guess I'm just excited for more time outside. I definitely feel like my energy uh, gets I just have more of it, uh, during the longer days, get to be outside, you know, uh, hike backpack, things like that. So just, yeah, really excited for that. And I'm excited that I think, I hope <laughs> we're ultimately kind of entering this, you know, it seems to be more of a end phase, uh, of the pandemic, you know? So, uh, getting vaccinated, getting outside, getting, you know, in small groups, things like that, that I haven't been able to do for a while. I'm actually looking forward to that sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Yay spring. Yay changes. It's so funny how, I don't know. I, and I think this relates to kind of some of what we're talking about today, but just looking 
you know, at the changes happening outside and just feeling like we can welcome those. And I feel like sometimes it's hard to do that within ourselves is, is welcome changes or, um, internalized changes that, uh, you know, we can, uh, find other, I don't know. I think what I like about this, especially as it relates to when we look kind of at the science, is there like, there's a reason why you might be feeling like you have lower energy or that you have more energy and ways to work with those things that don't mean like, oh, I'm lazy or, oh, I, you know, where we can just, we can take that narrative so, so deep and in uh, a way that doesn't serve us. Uh, so I don't know. That's just one thing I was thinking about as uh, you were talking about spring as well and welcoming changes. And would you say that welcoming changes would be more feminine? Uh, Well, I think it, you know, like everything, I think there's both in it. So like the welcoming of it and inviting it into an experience, I feel you know, uh, the feminine is more about like, I want to experience the thing where the masculine would be very like goal oriented. Like, you know, it would be like, I'm welcoming changes as the feminine, but those changes being, I'm going to go hiking or I'm going to, these are my, the things I'm going to do with the changes that are occurring. I think that would be the masculine energy of it. And just, yeah, to, to look at the duality uh, of that, I actually pulled up. Uh, so when I was in uh, Hawaii three years ago at uh, that inpatient treatment for my eating disorder, I was given a lot of information uh, relating to the masculine and feminine. And I actually pulled up because I have this huge binder kind of thing with all the information I received, all the papers and things like that, that we did in groups. And I pulled up one that talks about like the feminine and masculine archetypes, which you can't see because <laughs> I was cool. trying to show Tell you through the screen. That. So, right. So, uh, with the feminine, um, we have like the yin, you know, the yin and the yang. So, um, the yin, uh, and the masculine being the yang. And so, uh, feminine would be inner masculine would be outer feminine is the moon the masculine is the sun um other feminine qualities are like cyclical subjective being the masculine would be linear objective and doing so there's just kind of you see the the duality where they're kind of related to something but but they're different like they're two sides to the coin you know, yeah. um, and I think it's important to remember that we need both of them, that everyone has both of these things. So like, even if you look at the, the yin yang, like the symbol where there's like inside the black half of it, there's still white and inside yeah. the white half of it, there's still like the black circle. And so they both always exist. It's not a gender specific thing at all. Um, I would say, I feel like there are parts of me that naturally experience some of the feminine um, that I appreciate. Like, obviously we're talking about um, the menstrual cycle and, and we identify with the cycles because we experience them in that way. But I, yeah, I think we also, we obviously always experience the masculine too. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's important before we kind of go into it to just know that you know, it's not one or the other, it's not black and it's not white. I feel like this just is a theme through everything. It's not black and white. (laughs) There's a lot of gray area and everyone experiences, you know, mixtures of these things. So maybe in one part of your life, you might be striving to find that feminine energy. And then in the other stage stage of your life, you might be looking towards the more masculine side and trying to get that that could vary from hour to hour you know depending on what you're doing too so there's just so much you know in the middle but um joe can you tell our listeners a little bit about what is feminine energy i know you went through the yin and the yang but like what would you describe as that feminine energy Oh, what would I describe? I don't know. I guess the first thing that came to mind is it's like, it's hard to describe. It's like 
more of a feeling, which I guess in a sense kind of makes sense. What's it to me? It's like, it's the being, the being with myself, the being with others. It's, it can feel like all over the place and unstructured. It can, um, you know, it can just, yeah, it's just like even chaotic or random, spontaneous, uh, like definitely intuitive, you know, is, I, I feel like intuition is definitely that, that feminine energy, um, anything related to like mothering. So nourishing, nurturing, um, a lot of, I mean, I think in nature you find both masculine and feminine, but the earth just, you know, she, she kind of holds us and, and that feels very feminine to me. Yeah. I think it's, it's just sitting with things and not needing to feel like I need to go somewhere, uh, um, being with the feelings, um, you know, and it can definitely be an unhealthy thing too. Like if, if it is out of balance or, I mean, like, I think that that's a really cool thing about all of this is that there are indications when things might be out of balance. And so it it reminds me where I need to look. If I'm trying to like control and manipulate and, um, you know, if I find myself being feeling like a little codependent um, or not being okay with with myself, that sort of thing, like I I feel like that those are very feminine traits for me when things are a little bit out of balance. Um, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's good to know where your own lines are in terms of getting out of balance. I think you kind of explain that well in terms of um everyone is different with their feminine energy (laughs) like it's kind of different for everybody it's not you know this is what it is and if you have this you're this way and if you don't you're masculine or whatever um and that's kind of a place where people feel uncomfortable too is like what is my feminine energy or you know thinking about their their selves their experiences can be uncomfortable because we're not really taught to think about our experiences in that way we're just told to listen to the teacher listen to the doctor listen to our parents and do what they tell you to do instead of like how do you feel (laughs) um and that's definitely more feminine and related to intuitive eating that's um that is intuitive eating as well this there's no playbook on this is how you will feel when you're hungry this is how you'll feel when you're full right we have ideas of what that might feel like for somebody but it's always a spectrum and everyone has different thoughts and feelings towards you know intuitive eating or what's happening in their bodies um and that's very feminine um just to lean in and think like how am i feeling um and then and then how does that um inform me on maybe what to do next and that like you explained is more masculine like okay what do i do about that that's the masculine energy the feminine energy is just like listening and learning about yourself and right feeling and nurturing and being right and i i think it's just I think it's always present and it's something that we can definitely, I think, try to hone in on or uh, expand on and like get more familiar with what those things are. And I think it is tough because, you know, as far as a masculine goes, like we know, like we talk a lot about the patriarchy and um, toxic masculinity and things like that. And I feel like diets are a perfect example of that. Like, here's your goal. Here's how much you have to ignore the way you're feeling so that you can push through this, whether, you know, it, it'd be a really strenuous, you know, movement of your body or exercise routine and, or, um, ignoring hunger and fullness cues and, uh, and all of, all of that, like, that's very much what our culture, this diet culture, this, 
you know, society that we live in, that's kind of what they embrace as the truth. And so when we're learning about intuitive eating, we are kind of opening up this thing that we are not familiar with. Nobody taught us to, I mean, if you're lucky, someone taught you how to listen to your body and your intuition and things like that. But it just, it doesn't feel like I was raised with that at all. Um, and so it's, it's kind of scary to learn to trust that thing because if it's been locked up in a box for a while, especially around food, like it feels scary when I, when I let that out a little bit, like, oh my gosh, what is, when is, when is it going to stop craving all these things? You know? Um, and I think as much as I resist that and feel like I need to go back to the masculine, I'm kind of like locking it back away. And so, yeah, just continually inviting it, continually learning about it and um, respecting that energy, I think is a huge thing because over time, I've just seen how much it works with me when I allow it to, and I can trust in it. And then, then I feel so free. And like, it definitely takes the masculine, you know, when we are talking about developing, taking out our, um, like the food police and replacing it with, you know, these healthy alternatives and, you know, thinking about like principle 10, you know, inviting in, um, like that nutrition, you know, thinking about it logically where the intuitive is definitely within the feminine, but that logic and reasoning and, and all of that is, is the masculine. And even in, within intuitive eating, you, you absolutely need both. True. Yeah. So you kind of spoke on this a little bit, but what have you been taught about feminine energy growing up? I mean, this is honestly, I, before I ask you this question, I do want to say, I literally heard the term feminine energy, I think first from you. (laughs) And I think the first time I heard it was the first time I met you, you were talking about the book eating in the light of the moon, eating in the light of the moon. And that was the first time I like consciously like heard that term, I feel like, and it kind of resonated with me. And so that's kind of where I'm at with the whole thing. It was not that term at least was not, you know, expressed at all. So anyways, how were you taught about that? And what was that like growing up? I don't, yeah, I don't think I was ever taught about it (laughs) when I was growing up at all. I think the way that women, I'm putting this in quote, should present in our culture is, you know, um, gosh, just, it feels kind of like a cage. Like you have to be strong. You have to push through. You have to know how to like do everything at once. Um, You can't be too sensitive, but you have to like know what everyone else needs and wants. And you have to like forget what you need and want in order to provide for like whatever those people need, you know, like that martyr kind of um, archetype, I feel like is what I am most familiar with. And the um, the examples I saw growing up uh, from the women in my life definitely fit that, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I don't know that I was actually taught about it, but that's kind of like, oh, to be, to be a woman, I never thought about like feminine, but to be a woman, um, which it's not the same thing, but that was my knowing or knowledge of it growing up was to be, yeah, to be all giving and ignore yourself. Yeah. And, and in that way you were taught, right. It doesn't have to be like here, honey, like let's sit down and let's talk about this. Right. But like in that way that you were taught and that is kind of how I was taught as well. And there were a couple women in my life actually though, that didn't totally fit the bill. And I'm just thinking of one right now, but I'm sure there's lots of others. And it was always kind of interesting. Like they were more, they were a little bit less nurturing, right? And they were a little bit, a little bit more, ha- had that more masculine energy where they worked more than they stayed at home with their kids or, you know, and that shift I think is definitely, was definitely happening growing up for me. Like 
the shift from like stay at home moms always to that shift into more working women. I'm sure it happened before I was born that shift, obviously, but like, I think that was the in-between, but of course you read about in books, you see in movies, this woman that is like the martyr, like giving all to everybody around them, not thinking about themselves at all. And that's what it's, that is what a true woman would do. Right. Kind of thing. But same, same with you. Like I was never really taught specifically about what that means or, um, listening to your body or listening to your, the voices in your head, right? Like never really taught how to do that or why I should do that. Um, and got a lot of my, um, validation externally. So like if I was doing, I was kind of like that teacher's pet, I guess you could say, which would be more of the masculine energy showing up for me growing up is like, I want to perform in school. I want to be the best child I can be, impress my parents, um, impress everybody around me, my family, friends. Like if they are proud of me, then I'm doing good. Never, ever thinking, how do I feel about myself? Like, is this what I like? Is this what I want to do? Like what, how is that showing up in my body kind of, but always, always, you know, parent teacher conferences, wanting to be like listening by the door. Like, what are they saying about me? (laughs) Like, are they proud of me? Did I do a good job? And that's still as pervasive today with me, but I think I'm trying to let that go a little bit more and just be and listen to my own self and be proud of myself and Mm -hmm. just, and, and hopefully that doesn't interact with how other people feel about me. It still does. But anyways, that's kind of the more masculine side of growing up that I was taught instead of more of that feminine energy. But yeah. And you say also that like feminine energy can be a little bit toxic as well. Like we're kind of, I think, you know, just because we weren't taught about um, feminine energy doesn't mean like having the most feminine energy is like the best for you. Right. There's that balance. Yeah, absolutely. I find too a big place for my um, feminine energy, like the, the wounded feminine Uh, comes up for me is definitely in, um, I don't want to take risks. I'm like, so afraid sometimes to take action. I just feel a little, like, I don't believe in myself. So like the action part would definitely be like the masculine, but like that, um, that feeling before, you know, like sometimes you feel like really inspired. And so you take an action or you, you push through a fear, you work through something. And so you can take that action. But I feel, um, for me, my biggest thing is I feel stuck. I question myself. Um, if I can't do it right, then I'm not going to do it at all. You know? And I think I'm definitely growing a lot with that. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. Like this podcast has done that a lot for me. Um, because I don't say the right thing a lot of the time. I don't say the right thing. Like if there was a right thing to say always, you know, it's just uh, over-calculating everything um, to elicit a certain response that means, oh, you're good enough. And I feel like part of developing that that healthy, balanced feminine, uh, that divine feminine is really um, finding that voice within myself. And when I do make mistakes or things like don't come out perfectly, just being like, you know, it's okay. Where's, how can I be, how can I mother myself or bring in like some healthy mothering energy, not martyr, not like that kind of energy, but that, you know, do I have a friend that can comfort me and show up for me and tell me I'm worthy just as I am, or, um, help me get curious about why I did something or said something or, you know, so that I can actually work those things out rather than, making it a moral issue about I'm not good enough, you know, and reinforcing that sort of behavior and thought pattern for myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, something that really resonated with me, what you said is like, what, how would you talk to a friend kind of like, I find a lot of, obviously the, 
the clients that I work with as well as like friends and family, if there's some saying something super like polarizing in a more masculine way, like really beating themselves up about something or whatever that I try to bring in a more feminine energy and be like, well, have you looked at it this way? Like, um, have you thought about how you feel about the situation? Like, you know, you are worthy, like just saying those affirmations to them, how I would say that to myself too. Um, and just being more gentle and curious about situations is, is really good and a good balance. And oftentimes we do find that the world that we live in is more masculine. I think it is important to hone in on those more like feminine sides and, and help people around you tune into that as well as, you know, work on that yourself um, and being creative. And also I will say that this podcast has helped me. And I think it was kind of like the, the starting point of honing into that even more. Like, I think I was on the path to beginning that journey of honing in into my feminine energy, but like doing this podcast has allowed me to be more creative. And I, all growing up, I would say I am not creative. I am not this, I, I just am not. And I am, and we all are. We just need to hone into that energy and it feels so good. It really feels so good to put something out into the world, knowing that it's not perfect, but knowing that it's okay. You're not perfect. And being perfect is stupid. (laughs) It doesn't exist and that we shouldn't hold being perfect up on such a pedestal. I just feel so good and creative doing this podcast and honing in on that like creative side. And it's funny because before we started this podcast, I feel like we were both feeling more like a masculine energy. Like we came on and we're like, I don't think I can say the right thing today. Like, (laughs) and that's so funny. And we're both like, yeah, me either. Like, oh, this is not going to be good. And it's like, well, that's okay. Like, why, why is that not okay? kind of funny how it all started this podcast <laughs> it is it's super funny and I mean before we even started today we were like I don't think I'm gonna do very well today like this is a broad topic and yeah I just it, it just felt like so open and I mean I feel like in ways that was the feminine uh kind of like exactly. that's it's like a very subtle thing sometimes it's like a whisper like when we think about life and what we want. We want a set of instructions. We want like a pill that's going to do everything we need it to do. We want like for sure answers. Um, and like, that's, that's often not what the feminine is, you know? And like, I think the more we work with it, like the stronger it becomes, but it was just today. Yeah. We, you know, we didn't come on here expecting to say the right thing, but I think a lot of times we start these and we feel unsure, but we get in and we connect like that connection is definitely a feminine thing. Um, But when we connect, like it opens up that space for ourselves and it just allows for some flow and definitely messiness and chaos and mistakes. And, you know, that feels whole where uh, we're striving for perfection. It's just, That's kind yeah. of just like the feeling. It's like, Ugh, I don't like it. Um, it feels a little more icky to me now um, rather than it be like, I used to think it was the right thing. The only way I've got to set the curve for this test or this class or, you know, just like be the best of everyone. And no, <laughs> no, I don't. I just have to like be and move along and just take it in and experience a little bit more than trying to like perfect my experience. And I will say that we were not born this way, right? Like we were not born innately from the womb wanting to be the perfect person. Babies are not perfect. Toddlers are especially not perfect. I know two of those people very near and dear right now. My sister has two little ones and they're not they're honing in on their feminine energy. They are like the, probably the closest to feminine energy you could get right now. 
they in a balance, I guess, <laughs> like they're probably the closest to the yin and yang that you could get because yeah, they don't give a F about what you think of them. <laughs> And babies are going to cry and be upset when they're hungry and toddlers are going to throw a fit when they are not, you know, being their most creative self, like doing, being allowed to do exactly what their body is telling them to do, right? (laughs) So this can kind of, we always, I think when we talk about intuitive eating, we talk about you were born an intuitive eater and that's a common phrase you'll hear a lot from like intuitive eating counselors or dietitians or people that practice intuitive eating and how can we hone back in on that so kind of more in relation so now we have like the groundwork of what feminine energy is how we feel about it so now relating that to intuitive eating I don't know if this is really important at this point but in a person with a uterus will have phases, right, of their menstrual cycle. And I think we can talk about how that can inform your intuitive eating choices. We talked a little bit about before we started this episode about um, like male hormones and stuff. We're not as familiar with those, I guess. I'm not, I will say for myself, I'm not as familiar with those, but this can also be for men or men identifying people um, with their hormones as well. Um, But we're just going to focus, I guess, a little bit more on the women and women identifying hormones and how that intuitive eating can be a part of that cycle. Um, And then that'll just lead us up to our next episode. So I think starting just saying the phases we have menstruation phase, the follicular phase, ovulation, and the luteal phase. And these all inform and and change our bodies in certain ways. Every week, pretty much a woman's body is changing in hormones. And so how can we take that and lean into our intuitive eating as well? So intuitive eating and your cycle. So I, for example, your follicular phase, you have estrogen rising as your body prepares for ovulation. And this might mean that your body may be craving certain foods, or you may be wanting to like add in some gentle nutrition to help support this phase of your cycle. Um, And as you learn more about and tune into your own body, you might learn that some of those foods might include edamame or flaxseed or fish, foods high in like vitamin D and B vitamins. You might be craving those things, or you might just be wanting to add those in to your diet at that time, um, because you know that that is going to help support your hormones or your body. And so... At the end of the day, you don't need to be so specific on, oh, I need to eat this at this time and eat that at that time, right? That's more of that masculine energy, but that um, you just need to first make sure that you're eating enough, right? Um, And that's going to be supportive as well. I think before we talk to Julie Duffy Dillon, a big theme of hers that she talks about a lot is just eating enough, making sure you're eating enough to support your body through all its all of its phases. And that's like the basis of health is eating enough, not what you're eating, not when you're eating it, eating enough. And so just making sure to check in on your hunger and fullness cues throughout your cycle and throughout the month, and just making sure that you're giving your body what it needs. And I think that in itself is very feminine and it relates to feminine hormones. Any thoughts about that? <laughs> no, I think it's great. I just, yeah, I think, I think that's great. And it's like really smart to, to bring in, um, you know, the, the nutrition and just all of that stuff. I think for me, when I started this journey, it was definitely apparent that there would be times when I was just like, it seemed like I felt insatiable. Um, cyclically insatiable. Um, there were definitely times when I first started intuitive eating where <laughs> it was like a constant thing. But uh, yeah, like through through my cycle, like there were just times where I was just like, I just can't seem to eat enough food. <laughs> you know, I can't, I just never feel satisfied. 
And then there were times where I'm like, uh, you know, on the opposite end of that, where I just basically had to just eat to eat and get my hunger to go away, you know? And I think, again, it felt like really scary, but now I come to kind of expect it and I accept the entirety of my cycle. It's just interesting how there's just so many ups and downs with it, but overall it feels, I mean, I feel like that that's balance. You know, if I find the middle, like that is, that is imbalance. And so it kind of feels good when I can look at the whole thing and see that. And so I know it's, it's interesting how we think about these things in different ways. I don't know. I just, I really appreciate your, your view on this and how, how you look at it. And I like that we both had different perspectives on this aspect of it. Yeah. I really like that you talk about you're overwhelmed by your appetite. And I think that it might be important to talk about that even more in depth, because I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast might be struggling with eating disorders or disordered eating and what that might feel like and how and why you should lean into that and how and why, like how that might feel. You explain that's really scary and parts of your monthly cycle or parts of the year or parts of the day, you might feel that way. So can you talk just a little bit more about that? Yeah. And I mean, parts of the year, it's interesting that you bring that up because like when we think about an annual cycle, um, we are thinking about, you know, we have spring and then summer and fall and winter. And I think you know, for me, winter is like close to menstruation. Like the, if I was thinking about yep. like my, you know, my moon cycle in relation to just the annual cycle, that's kind of what it would feel like for me. But to your question about feeling that immense appetite and feeling unsatiable, yes, it is super, super scary. Um, I know that this this phase of intuitive eating or even in just a um, your own cycle can it can last it, it just depends on you. It's like an individual thing, you know and it is super scary and I think there are a couple things that um, I found interesting uh, that have helped me. One of them is, so I really learned how to be a lot more assertive when I went to this treatment center. Um, and for me, that meant like validating how I was feeling and asking for what I needed. So if someone had said something that offended me, I could say, hey, you know, when you said this, I felt this way. And, you know, I think in the future it might work better for me if you would say it in this way. Um, and just like validating myself in that, because I feel like food is such a metaphor and is so symbolic and what we're craving. I mean, there's definitely our phases and embracing that. And then there's on top of that, like, that's where the curiosity comes in because why am I on my third piece of cake or why am I, you know, um, then you can get a little curious and think about it. You know, what am I actually feeling? Oh, that other thing happened and, you know, it, it kind of sent me off in this way. Or um, it's just, it's a space to like get curious and feel out what my needs are because oftentimes I know that I act those things out in food a lot, you know, like that we talked about it before, like food is inherently emotional. Food is like very feminine mothering kind of thing. Um, and if I can, you know, look at other areas of my life and think about, huh, well that it seems to link up in this way, you know, uh, maybe I'm just, I just keep eating chips and I like just eating all these chips. And I think, oh, there was this interaction and I feel really resentful or angry about it. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I expressed that in a way that helped me settle that thing internally or externally or whatever. Um, so it gives me kind of this place where I can actually go and look, but it takes curiosity. It takes space. It takes, you have to take that judgment out. Like, no, yeah. you, I'm not eating because I'm this, this, and this, 
you know, as far as like a, from a moral stance, it's taking out that morality and thinking, huh, well, what happens or what sort of thing? And like, I mean, I am not a therapist. I not licensed in this. I'm just talking about from my personal experience. And I know, you know, when we're thinking about big T, big trauma sort of stuff, like I, I mean, I think that that can stem from a very early age, you know, and I, I don't know that I have like a specific way to tell people how to, to work through that. I, I guess my biggest thing would be like, it's been really helpful for me to open up the space, get curious and seek out therapy um, so that I can do the healing that is possible for me. And know that like food is feminine, right? It's comfort. A lot of times, like, I don't know, I'm going to say nine times out of 10, but (laughs) I don't know, maybe it's like seven times out of 10, depending on where you're at, who you are, whatever. But it is comfort. And sometimes in this world that we live in, that is extremely masculine. We just are craving comfort. Mm -hmm. And food is great. Mm -hmm. Um, Making sure that you have other, you know, tools in your toolbox as well. You know, food, food is great and food can be comforting. Just making sure you have other things. You have a support system. You have a friend you could go to. You have a family member. You have a person, you know, to give you that comfort or to help you in that comfort. Maybe um, taking a hike, you know, is your comfort. Um, For me, what is comforting to me, obviously food, um, taking walks. I love taking walks. That is like comforting to me taking walks on a sunny day. That is comfort, you know? So, um, and that's why it can feel scary. You know, if you're like in an eating disorder, because you have like very, very masculine energy in your brain, um, saying this is good. This is bad. I shouldn't have this. I shouldn't have that. And, we need to combat that with some feminine energy, but it's hard because we're not taught that. Like we, we talked about, we're not, not a lot of people are taught that if you were, you're very lucky. So you can't fight the masculine energy with more masculine energy. If you saw my fist right now, they're just like pounding together. Um, but that's not how it works. You cannot become free by, you know, continuing to, do the behaviors that are putting you in this trap to begin with, I guess would be my thing. I also think a cool thing that you said was for you, the menstrual phase would be winter. And I was, I was like, at first I was like, yeah. And then I was like, for me, that would be fall. And I think it's so cool how the world is cyclical. Our lives are cyclical and they match up in like quarters with like, this is why before we got started, I was like, I am obsessed right now with feminine energy. And, uh, it is so energizing to me right now. It is so powerful. And just to see how it links up with other parts, the moon, it's amazing. It's seriously so cool. I don't want to like ramble too much about this, but I just think it is the coolest thing right now in my life and connecting to it can be so powerful. Literally for 26 years, I have been disconnected with it. So it's created problems for me and my health. And that's not the only reason, right? We're genetically born into things and that's part of it too. But I think I've been so disconnected with it for 26 years that it finally was like, hey, uh, listen to me. Like I rule this body your mind does not like listen to me and and um so when you do go through health struggles it's easy to rely on that masculine energy to tell you what to do when to do it how to do it and you'll often find that in a lot of uh clinicians offices they'll tell you what to do and they'll they'll say it like it's the bible it's not (laughs) (laughs) And it's so powerful to get out of that office, wherever that is, that is telling you what to do or how to do it to be your healthiest self and come home and take that in, throw it out and listen to your body. 
<laughs> and of course there's a balance in that, right? There are some things where you will need to listen to your doctor's advice. I'm not saying don't listen to anybody. I'm saying there's a balance, right? So take that in, I guess not throw it out. That wouldn't be the right term. Don't throw it out completely. <laughs> um, throw out the things that you want to throw out. Keep the things that you feel will serve you and listen to your body at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think that is so well put. I think le- that last piece, you know, is just so crucial and something that's just, I don't know, so much of our belief systems are like, your body gets in your way. You can't listen to it. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just push through it. Uh, pain is gain, you know? Beauty yeah. is pain. Like all of this, I'm like, no. <laughs> um, beauty is listening to, to your body um, and, and its cycles and its phases. And yeah, I think that was really well put. Is there anything else you want to discuss? I know we, we wanted to talk about connecting to your feminine energy. I do feel like this was a very feminine, chaotic, all over the place kind of recording where when we started on our Google Doc, it looks very linear. It, well, not I'm not going to call it organized because that wouldn't be that would be overstating what we have written down here. But it was certainly more organized than it came out. But I do feel like we we hit on um, ways that we I at least spoke to some of the ways that I connect to my my feminine energy. You know, getting out in nature, sitting, being. I mean, I love on the first day of my period. I love it if I can just sit and like feel my cramps, you know, like I don't want to take any pain medication. I just want to like sit and feel it and be with it. Like I really, really appreciate when I have that particular day off without anything I have to really do and exert myself so I can just sit and be. Um, That's so cool. I think that that really... I don't know if it helps me or not. It was something I kind of like cherish because holy shit, a woman's body can do like it can grow life inside of it. It is so cool. (laughs) And when you just like connect to the power that's inherent in that uh, ability, it's just wow. It is so cool. So I think, yeah, just doing and it's going to be different for everyone but yeah I know for me I get out in nature and I like look at the tree I just like if I'm in that flow in nature like I literally see my reflection in it I'm like I am that tree that lake is me and it's just (laughs) you know I know it's like pretty woo but that's what does it for me and I think yeah I can be anything for anyone. And I think like having a connecting conversation, um, getting vulnerable with um, someone who is a safe person for you or a safe cat for you or whatever your, whatever your thing is, but like finding like the mothering energies and that sort of thing is really helpful for me. Is there anything in particular that's helpful for you, Carly? I'm not sure. I think I'm in the, the midst of finding that out, figuring that out. Because like I said, I've been like disconnected. And so right now I don't know what that is, but I will figure it out. I'll find, I'll figure that out and what works for me and what feels good. I guess right now food is definitely a comfort for me and knowing that I um, am supporting my body in eating enough and supporting it with certain nutrients is really comforting to me, I guess. So I'm kind of leaning into that and seeing how that feels and how sustainable, you know, that can be throughout my, uh, my future cycles. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now. But I have seriously loved this conversation. And I think it sets us up really well to um, talk to Julie Duffy Dillon, who is an expert in hormonal changes and how that relates to nutrition. So I'm really excited to pick her brain a little bit and see how um, she sees things, I guess. Yeah. And I also think it really sets us up because we are going to talk with uh, Dr. Anita Johnston, author of Eating in the Light of the Moon and founder of the center that I uh, discovered all this at. So she's really going to 
in lightness even more. It might seem redundant, but anything I said, like literally started with <laughs> the work that um, I read of hers. So I think, yeah, we're going to be on this train for a minute. And so Carly, I think your exploration is just, you're at the perfect place. I mean, I'm so, I so need to explore more and learn more and connect more as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this journey and this, this new leg of it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we haven't done this before, like where it's kind of like a series and like, they all kind of have a similar theme. So I'm really excited that this kind of started us off in a very chaotic, creative, feminine way. And we're just going to go with it and, and learn more about it through other people that we interview in the future with Julie Duffy Dillon and Anita as well. Yeah. And I think at the end, maybe we'll do like a little recap and see, you know, what new things we have. I love this, like that we this can is just our be menstrual creative. Phase. <laughs> this is our menstrual phase. This episode we are discovering I, it. <laughs> I kind of love that a lot. Um, yeah. I feel like I also am going a little bit crazy with this whole thing, but leaning into it, whatever. Yeah. And we're, we're probably wrong about a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's okay. Cause it just, it makes sense to us right now where we're at. And that's a good place to reflect back on. Um, I can't wait to forward. listen to this like a year from now and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but like be accepting of like the journey that we're on. Like I just, that's something I want to embrace. It feels so much better than trying to like, I'm just, I always look back and think, oh, how stupid you sound. And why'd you say that dumb thing? And like, who fucking cares? I said it because I said it. I said what I said. And I might learn something different and it might change for me and my truth might transform or, you know, maybe I said it because I was insecure and I can look at that too. You know, it's just, yeah. it's so damn freeing, Carly. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on this journey with us. Yes. We will uh, pick this conversation up next episode and yeah. The next cool. episode and the next episode. And the next episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carly. I do feel like we succeeded once again in exiting in a more, I don't know, connected place than we began in, which is, that's all we accomplished from this. I'm happy with it. So thank you everyone yes. for joining us. And, uh, you know, if, if you liked this, check out some other episodes, find and follow us on Instagram at hazy podcast, uh, you know, give us a five-star rating and, you know, review comments, questions, anything like that. Uh, you know, these sorts of reviews really make it easier for other listeners to find and follow our show. And we would love your help in getting our message out and, uh, Check back next time for some more health at every size, uh, body acceptance, and uh, feminine, masculine balance, realness. Yes. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>